everybody and welcome to the Afro Creatives Radio. I'm your host, you mind, and it feels so good to be back after so many episodes without hearing my voice. Did you miss me? <laughs> I've missed you guys and it's been so good. It's been so good being away from you, but it feels even greater just to hang with you today. I had the amazing chance of speaking to Tonton Raymond, a poet, rapper, songwriter, writer and shoe merchant who also has a degree in engineering. Such a versatile personality, hey? He's also a hobbyist photographer on some weekends, <laughs> as well as an assistant or research consultant at night and a brand guy on the weekdays. And we got to talking about free verse, we talked about poetry, we talked about authenticity, and I can't wait for you guys to listen to this uh, conversation. And he taught me a new word. Wakirike. It sounds so good. I hope I'm saying it okay, but you'll hear him saying it in a few minutes. Stay stay tuned and find out what it means. Hello and welcome to the Afro Creatives Radio. Today I have a Tonton in the building and I'm really excited because he is a poet, a rapper, a songwriter and a shoe merchant and he he tells me that he's also a photography hobbyist so I can't wait to really jump into this conversation and find out <laughs> how in the world you do these things Tonton. Welcome to the Afro Creatives Radio Tonton. So brilliant to have you here. Thank you Peggy. Um, I'm glad to be here. So I'm just going to jump right into it. I loved, loved, loved your performance uh, for Abuja Literally uh, Festival 2020. And I loved that piece. I, I've been listening to it over and over again. And there's a term that you say, please correct me if I say it wrong. But you said Wakrike. And yeah, close enough. <laughs> what is what how do you say it? How do you say that term? Wakirike. Wakirike. And you said it means that we are not different. We are the same. Yeah, it means we're not different. We are not different. Yes. I love that. I, I enjoyed listening to that poem and I kept going to listen to it over and over again because it just really had this um, relatability to it and I loved the fact that you talked about things that as you were talking it wasn't just a statement you were saying hey we, 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 we're, we're no different we are the same but I could relate you talked about we both carry corpses in our chest and tears in our eyes and because of the pandemic it, it really hit home for me and I don't know what uh, the the past year and a half has been like for you, uh, Tonton, but please, would you take us into your world and just take us back to how you grew up? Um, who is Tonton? What are you passionate about? And yeah, what, 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 what really got you to this place where you are now in the space of talking about stuff like that? Because that's deep stuff. Aside from the pandemic, it's just deep stuff when you think about it. Um, well, uh, how I grew up. Okay. So 
I was born in Port Harcourt City, mm-hmm. here in Nigeria. Um, I was born into my family was my family was large, extended, mm-hmm. you know, so interacted with really large parts of the family and um extended families in nigeria a lot of time can have a lot of times can have a lot of drama so mm-hmm. while my childhood was beautiful oh sorry about that so yeah while my childhood was mm-hmm. beautiful and all there was there was there was drama as well you know mm-hmm. it was nice it was fun um i so I lost my parents when I lost my mother when I was 13 and lost mm-hmm. my father when I was 15. So I actually didn't uh-huh. get to spend too much time with my parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I think those two losses have played a very major role in in how my outlook on life generally. You know, and how I approach art generally. I'd always loved, I'd always loved hip hop music. Yeah, I'd always listen. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd I'd listen to rap music for as long as I can remember. Um, uh-huh. I used to enjoy. I wasn't necessarily the one to read the most, but I enjoyed cartoons. Mm-hmm. There were certain stories that I really loved. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And I think all these things. Like till now, I still watch. I watch animated movies i watch animations <laughs> i love you know i love anime and mm-hmm. um and not just not just animations from japan i, I enjoy you know the ones from mm-hmm. south korea chinese mm-hmm. ones you know. mm-hmm. um so yeah i think um god how do i pull this back to the exact question <laughs> how i grew up and how it's affected yeah, but yeah, yeah, one way or the other, our experiences with life would always contribute to who we are. We're all, we're, we really are all products of our experiences. So the different mm-hmm. things I've experienced have mm-hmm. informed, you know, they've, 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 these are the things that have made me into this person that I am, you know. Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear about your your parents. Um, as someone who also lost, I lost my dad when I was 13, and my mom when I was 20. I can I can relate to to a certain extent. Uh, loss is is never hard. It's, it's never easy um, to swallow. It's it's always very hard, and it's dealing with the different uh, losses at a very young age that then becomes. The, the huge obstacle because when you lose someone when you're older it's 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 not less painful but you're you're at a better stage to process it so yeah. when when you're younger it's very different how how did your extended family then uh, come around you and support you and and help you deal with all of that and when did art come into the picture um art i think art had always been in the picture Mm-hmm. Music, music had always been not not necessarily me creating music, but listening and co- consuming music had always mm-hmm. been a, a sort of coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Even 
you know even before my mother passed because she was sick for a while um she had cancer mm-hmm. she was sick for a while even before she she passed um music helped me cope it was a very it was it was a channel it was a place to channel my thoughts or to it also helped me make sense of the things that were happening in my head mm-hmm. um family so i'm fortunate i i mm-hmm. i'm pretty fortunate i've i've always been fortunate enough to have people you know um mm-hmm. when my dad passed away i started spending so after my mom passed away when i started spending a lot more time with my aunt her younger sister mm-hmm. Um, my cousins, you know, my cousins, mostly the ones from my mother's side, mm-hmm. they've always been, they've always been there. Mm-hmm. They've always been there. So having these, having people around as a sort of support system, cause it's being an orphan isn't easy. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. easy being an orphan and it's, it's, it's even harder if you do not have any people to like lean on if you don't have any people as support but i had yeah. you know i had family as support and mm-hmm. that's helped it has helped mm-hmm. yeah you you had an amazing support system yeah yeah i think um, in that regard i'm pretty blessed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you are i i will agree with you there you are very blessed and Tonton, we we live at a time where we live in a time where our tragedies shape who we are, our experiences, the life that we live shapes who we are. And you've you've already mentioned how some of what you went through has made you the person that you are today. How do you mm-hmm. how do you cope with the pressure of juggling such a diverse career because you're a rap artist you're a poet you're a songwriter and then you're a shoe merchant and a photographer sometimes <laughs> how, how do you juggle that walk me through what um, that process looks like the creative process of a poet uh, as opposed to a writer uh, a songwriter I think most of it really feeds into each other but then talk to me about yeah. food Talk to me about Foon and and how that came to be with all of this that you've been sharing. Okay, so it's pronounced Foon. Um, it's pronounced? Uh, Foon. 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 Okay. Yeah, Foon. <laughs> but it's fine. You can call it. You can call it Foon. I really don't. Like, I, 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 yeah. So um, I've always I've always liked footwear. Uh huh. Um sneakers shoes i've always loved these so i'd always thought that i would like to make and sell footwear mm-hmm. um and then i got to i got to do my the national the the mandatory national youth service for nigerians when we graduate from um when we're done with our university education we're supposed mm-hmm. to spend one year serving the country mm-hmm. so during my one year of the national youth service i was i was posted to the states that has i was posted to abia states and in abia mm-hmm. states there's abba abba is the abba is the leather hub of 
Nigeria. As a matter of fact, I think the leather markets, it's the leather markets in Abba is called, it's in a place called Ariaria. I think the Ariaria leather markets might be the largest one in West Africa. Okay. I think that That's might be huge. the largest. Yeah, I think it might be the largest leather markets in West Africa. If not just not and not just sale of leather, I mean like production of leather goods and you know mm-hmm. leather works. I think that's the largest one in West Africa. If it's not the largest in West Africa, it definitely is one of the largest because it's the largest one in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I um, yeah. So I was posted to Abia States, and I I had a friend who, after a few months there, I was like, oh, I, I should I should actually see if I could find contacts and make the moves mm-hmm. and eventually start making and selling shoes. Fortunately, I have a friend who grew up in Abba and um, he actually worked, did some work in our area. So he mm-hmm. took me around and we made inquiries and we found people. And, you know, because I like shoes, I just started making leather shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I've pretty much been doing it since then. It's still, it's, it's, it's still a startup and I'm still... I mm-hmm. still do it as like, you know, it's still, it's still really small, but yeah, I'd always like shoes, always thought that mm-hmm. at some point I'd like to make shoes. And once I was in a position where I could, I jumped mm-hmm. at it. Would you say that the creative process for making shoes and maybe making uh, a track like Lost Bodies or even uh, writing a poem is the same and if it is no. if it isn't the same can you walk me through the difference of that for you um what inspires you maybe we could start there what inspires you in the different so, uh, genres and the different hats that you wear okay so making making shoes is is a lot more i know art for me art is also a business but uh-huh. The business of art feels very different to me because to create the art, I don't come from the perspective of a business, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but I'm a lot more business minded when I approach the shoes. It wasn't always that way, but it had to become that way because doing any form of business in this in Nigeria can be really difficult, especially when you're the little guy. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's mostly where they differ. I can, mm-hmm. I can, when it comes to art, I can create anything I want. Mm-hmm. Whatever I want, I can create, you know. But for the shoes, it's different. I don't want to make things that people wouldn't want to buy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to make things that no one is going to wear. And also, um, in that regard, my resources are pretty limited. So there's a lot more care. I can write as many poems as I want. I can write as many songs as I want. But with the shoes, Mm -hmm. I have to, you know, I have to be a lot more, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not care, but my decisions need to be a lot more calculated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that's one of the major differences while i have a passion for it making shoes is a lot more of a business Mm -hmm. while while art is art is also a business but it is much more than a business Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah 
You know, um, when when I was looking at your work and trying to figure out how to title this uh, conversation that we're having, I felt it, 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 it really set well to say artivism, free verse and authenticity. But I really wanted to ask you if in any way you feel that your message leans towards artivism in any way across the different work that you do. When, when you do your photography, what, what message do you carry and what would you say is a message that is sprinkled across your work and very consistent. Um, that requires a think, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a. Uh, so across my work, so the thing with photography, like I said, I'm a hobbyist photographer. Um, yeah. I do photography a lot more for fun. I don't think I've taken it. I don't think I've taken any photos in a while. Mm-hmm, you know. mm-hmm. Photography was a skill I picked up because um, someone needed me to. I, I always enjoyed it, but I think it looks a little more seriously when um, when I was volunteering to work for um, a poetry production and I needed to handle a camera. So I started paying more attention to, I started to try to get better at taking photos. Mm-hmm. So I don't when it comes to where my art is a lot more defined and sculpted is when it comes to my music and my poetry Mm. and i don't really think i don't think i have a theme that's that's like oh this is what has to be sprinkled all over my work i would literally Uh write about any and everything Uh um i would make art about any and everything but in the sense of you know activism with arts i do think that yes it's important for an artist to reflect the times i don't think mm-hmm. that that's the only thing an artist should do i think that making art for art's sake is also fine mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i also believe i personally believe in having like a sort of balance so since i would write mm-hmm. about any and everything using my art for activism isn't off the table so far um if there's a theme that I'll say has been consistent through the work I've already put out so far, it's, um, I think most times I deal with pain, loss, Mm -hmm. human interactions, and how, you know, we connect with each other, how we connect with each other, how we connect, how we deal with our emotions Mm -hmm. and how all this relates to the world around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do you consider yourself an agent of change? And what difference do you believe that you are making as an artist when you use free verse uh, in your 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 music? When you go into free verse with your spoken word poetry, and what would you say to this generation? of young artists that want to venture into what you are doing. Strangely enough, I still, I, co- I, I consider myself this generation of young artists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've not been doing this for, like, I don't think I've been doing this long enough to be like, oh yeah, I, I have some gems to give, you know, another <laughs> generation of, of artists. Um, uh-huh. but 
I'm never really sure what change exactly I'll be making, but I think that it's always important to contribute to the narrative because art is really powerful. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think about, I think about the perceptions we have about certain things or even the Mm -hmm. perceptions, cultural perceptions here in Nigeria. And I think of some of them that that came from the, the Nollywood movies of old. You know, there were certain things yeah. that were standards, you know. Um the the idea that I think Nollywood movies radicalized the or rather popu- made the idea widespread that stepmothers were evil. Um <laughs> li- li- no, Disney and <laughs> fairy tales do that already. <laughs> yes, they they did that, but I think that in the Nigerian scene it was the Nollywood movies that made it more of a staple. Yeah, um, it was. I think it was Nollywood movies that made that made things like um, that created certain stereotypes for the way certain people looked. You know, for certain looks. You know, things like mm-hmm. um, dreadlocks were bad, and and I think these all contributed into those images. So now, while I think while these are bad examples, mm-hmm. it goes to show the power of art. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. the power because of our it's power like this this is why different minorities are clamoring to be represented in 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 the art space in a certain way like in media in a certain way mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it's because art really cre- it really shapes it's it slowly it shapes cultural perceptions it's it shapes how we mm-hmm. view things and it's not mm-hmm. instant it, it does take time so i think that as an artist contributing to the to the kind of narrative that we want the world to move the direction wants things to move in contribution to that narrative slowly no matter how mm-hmm. little is going to slowly you know th- it will build up if enough people are doing it if there's enough art about it it's going to it adds up and when it adds up enough it will make a change you know so mm-hmm. while i'm never really sure of of how much of an impact what i am doing is making if it, if it's not if it's not making an, a direct impact maybe it's a couple it might be a couple of steps removed from the final impact because may, maybe mm-hmm. you know maybe i don't have 10 million people listening to what i put out mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i have five people listening who yeah. knows maybe one of those five people is the person that will go on to to make a proper change yeah maybe maybe the child of one of those five people is the one that'll go on to make a proper change and because one of those five people are listening to me they would raise their children in the manner that would enable them make that change later you know so i, I think one way or the other i'm making a contribution how how big an impact it makes i i have no idea but you know we'll keep doing it and see what happens no, you've answered that question very, very soberly and um, very honestly, and and I, I applaud that. I, I respect that. It, it's so important to get um, to actually share your heart on these issues very openly, because sometimes <laughs> you you don't want to give a ballpark figure, ballpark figure or anything like that. But how you answered is so true. Um, you brought up an interesting question that I was going to ask you. Um, uh, I, I don't know, I'm trying to, to find a way to, to, to bring it back, but you know, art has been art has been used in, in so many ways to promote and change mindsets and what you're saying is so true. 
whenever we have anything that we want to sell the audience on, uh, art and media has been used as a tool to spread uh, whatever an agenda is on the table that uh, people want to spread. They will get an artist to come and do a jingle. They'll get an artist to come and say something. And that, mm -hmm. that becomes the way that they channel the message. And, and, and it's been something that's been happening for decades and it's been working. Um, I, I look at uh, the different stereotypes that you were talking about and how some of those can actually be, 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 be thwarted by using yeah. the same model that uh, uplifted them, that or maybe them. Stamped, yeah, stamped them on people's minds where a Nollywood film would talk about stepmothers, but you could do another one that could become the, <coughs> sorry, the opposite of that. And it comes yeah. in and it becomes the the direct, uh, I think, uh, the, the, the opposite feeling, if, 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 if for, for, for lack of a better word, um, the opposite feeling or the opposite um, coming in the opposite spirit of what that was. And that's what yeah. art has been in the last few decades. I want to just jump into um, your, your, your poem that you shared on Medium. And I'm just going to read uh, something interesting that you wrote. You said, wash me in their history. I'm taking it from the middle. Call my yeah. name in my mother tongue. Address me with the depth of meaning that is usually lost in translation. The more I drift into the past, the more I become vast. Like the lakes that flow into the rivers and the rivers that flow into the ocean, I empty myself into the shallow waters, submit myself to the currents and find myself in a space deeper than I am, merging with a force stronger than I am, putting my trust in facts truer than I am. And when I was reading this, this poem, uh, what really stood out for me was uh, the power of language and how this poem to me kind of spoke of identity, it spoke of culture, it spoke of a record of lives, of those that have gone before us, of those that will come after us. And this is exactly what your artwork is doing. It's eternalizing things on paper, it's eternalizing um, artwork on video form, in audio form, but for generations that will come after you that will be able to just eat off this and be fed by this as we have been fed. But yeah. I wanted to pick your brain on why uh, you, you, you actually wrote this poem. What inspired this? Because it seems to me like it came from a place of, of, of some experience and I needed to know what that was. I was just curious. Um, so some of the things running through my mind when I wrote Wash Me were so first off the, the line about calling me call my calling my name in my mother tongue address me with the depth of meaning that's usually lost in translation it's because I realized that we're we're coming to a better place with this but as a child people used to make a lot of people used to make fun of my name mm -hmm. yeah didn't make me hate my name for one day. I'd always loved my name. But what does your name mean? It What's means holy name? or my name my full name is Taunton. My uh -huh. name that's the name Taunton. It means <laughs> holy or pure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and I wasn't the only one whose name 
people made fun of mm-hmm. and people never really people never made fun of people who had english names yeah you know mm-hmm. they only made fun of people who had native names mm-hmm. so what, what what language is your name in um it's actually wakrike it's um but mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a specific dialect is the ogoloma dialect mm-hmm. yeah so um but like there's this weight that names a lot of non-english names come with because i think for a lot of african tribes there's a lot of significance and power attached to naming mm-hmm. you know and then we have all these words that you don't they don't really have for example even my name doesn't it doesn't really have a perfect translation mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. english you know it's it's holy it's pure it's pristine it's basically everything in that you know within that within those words you know mm-hmm. there's no one word that does it complete justice and there are lots of traditional names and native names that that are like that they have they can't really be translated into something else like they lose meaning they lose part of what mm-hmm. they mean when you try to translate them into say english language english doesn't have enough of a breath to cover what you know those names mean and um when i wrote that i i i like of course we don't make people don't make fun of native names as much as they used to Mm -hmm. but back then it was it came from a place of a lot of the peace came from a place of a place that um recognizes that too much of what is my history as nigerian my history as being african is treated as wrong or inferior mm-hmm. you know so much of it is treated as wrong or inferior um so i was i was i was trying to convey I was trying to convey both the frustration I feel with that and also the fact that I come from this history, this very rich history that is much bigger than what a lot of people give it credit for. And by a lot of people, I mean including myself. So true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was mostly what was going through my mind when I wrote Wash Me. Thank you so much for sharing that because I feel like sometimes um, we don't really get um, to understand the value of who we are and we're, we're, we're coming into it now as Africans. I feel like we we are coming to a place of owning who we are but before Black Panther most of us were on the fringes of accepting who we are some of the things that are beautiful about us we were told they're ugly they're demonic they're black they're unacceptable by a culture that yeah. wasn't our own and because there was such a lot of misunderstanding in that and a lot of distortion uh, of our culture and and so much of that going on this became something that we we felt were we were pushed into and then later we kind of owned it so we were okay with being given these uh, English names. Like, I don't have a native name. Uh, one of my sisters mm-hmm. has a native name, and it's beautiful. 
I don't have a native name. When I grew up, I didn't want a native name because mm -hmm. no one celebrated that, and I can relate to what you're saying. And we we had, um, and there there are downsides to that in that some parents want to name their children based on their own experiences. So if they have pain, they will name their children after their pain, and that's the downside of it. But some of it is yeah. really beautiful because it's intentional. It's thought into. It's 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 meaningful. There's a lot that a family is bequeathing in a name. And when we yeah. are given these native names, it speaks into who we are. And as we grow older and we understand uh, when we are a bit more sober and grown up, what this means, we start to cherish it so much more than when we are younger. But we weren't always mm -hmm. like that. So it's beautiful for you to share that because I, I feel that it's a conversation worth having. Uh, names, yeah. naming, just really coming into our own skin and, and understanding that we are beautiful the way we are as Africans is also something that we are awakening to, but it's something that we should have been and felt that we could be comfortable in without anyone uh, convincing us that we needed to be in this space. So it's beautiful yeah. that you say that. Uh, Tonton, our time is running away from us. So in... <laughs> In closing, yeah, I, I would really just want to ask you what um, you would want to say in parting to someone who will listen to this episode and go and um, go to your links and listen to your poetry, listen to your music on YouTube, read some of your work on Medium and just follow you across platforms online. What would you want to say to our listeners in parting. Um, life is life is too long to keep regretting the things to keep regretting to keep to live in regrets. It's way too long to live in regrets, and it's way too short to not spend it doing the things that you really love so when you consume my art and the things I create just realize that I am I make art and I take this approach I do these things because I'm trying my best to spend my time doing the things that I love so that I don't have to live with any regrets. Mm -hmm. and that yeah. is beautiful. Powerful and beautiful. Thank you so much, Tonton, for taking time out of your day, out of your night <laughs> to have this uh, conversation with me. It's been such a joy to have you on here. And I would love, love, love to continue having conversation with you later on. We might invite you back or on a different platform, but for now, uh, I will have to stop here and say thank you so much for being on the Afro Creators Radio, Tonton. Until You're welcome, Peggy. Sure. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's that time. I have to say goodbye. I hope that you've listened to this episode and you have listened to more of the other episodes that we've been bringing out. Please let us know which which one has been your favorite and what struck out for you. 
From this conversation I had with Tonton, I want to leave you with a question and I hope some of you can just reach out to me and find me and say, look, I have this answer and we can talk about it. The idea is for us to really dialogue. Tonton said something really that stuck out and just grabbed at me. He said, too much of what is my history has been seen as inferior and not of value. Is that still a thing for us as Africa? Is that something that we are still facing across the continent? Let me know where you're, where you're listening from and let me know what that's like for you. Is that a reality for you? Do you still have to cringe when you tell someone your name in your native language? If you're, if you're named in your native language, is that still a thing for you? Or do people really treat you differently in different circles? Uh, if you're mixed with different races, uh, some from the West and all that, let me know. But for today, so much love from me. Goodbye.